For this entry, we're going to talk about a classic. Uh, at least a classic to me. Um, I do know that it has a cult following. Uh, we're talking about From Dust Till Dawn from 1996. Now, this happens to be not just like a top movie choice for me, but it usually is pretty much a movie that separate separates itself from many other films in the two genres it kind of exists in. Now, I say it exists in two genres because it's one of the few films out there that does this kind of flip of the script at a certain point in it. So now, for those who may not know, because I do realize that it is almost 25 years old at this point, and I'm an old fart for bringing it up or whatever, but I do know that most of people will probably understand what it is. But for those who may not, it starts off as a kind of criminal-on-the-run drama thriller, almost, you know? So it, uh, it's George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino play brothers that are on the run from the cops trying to get down to Mexico so they can escape to this place called El Rey, which is kind of this safe haven for people on like the top 10 most wanted list in America. And now the funny thing is, I always thought this was a Quentin Tarantino movie, but apparently he was only the writer for it, and it was an actual it was actually directed by Robert Rodriguez. Now Robert Rodriguez at this point in time was kind of still giving his up and comets, I guess you could say, before really like making a name for himself. And you know, some may even say that he had kind of already established himself because before this he had Desperado, he did a segment in Four Rooms, which is a great film, and then he went on to do, you know, the Spy Kids movie, but he did Once Upon a Time in Mexico, which is a direct sequel to Desperado, then he did the first Sin City, and then he did Machete, and he's got a lot of films on his resume that really make him stand out, and this is one of his first big-time hits, especially coming off of uh, Desperado and the one before Desperado, I think it's called El Mariachi. So Robert Rodriguez has definitely made a name for himself and established himself, especially especially with a film like this. Now, it's written by Quentin Tarantino. And now, here's the fun part about this. So like I said, it starts off, these two brothers, they're trying to get away, they're trying to get to Mexico. And let's say the film, I believe the film was almost two hours long. So the first hour is them trying to get, you know, through Texas. They take a, a family hostage, the family being, uh, the father being played by Harvey Keitel and his daughter being played by Juliette Lewis. And they, he, he, they take their RV and they try to get him across the border. They finally get into Mexico and then they're told to go to this bar and wait for the guy that's meant to meet them who will take them to El Rey. So, what happens then? Well, for the first 45 minutes to an hour that you're just expecting, you know, this to be this kind of action criminal chase thing, all of a sudden it turns into a fucking vampire movie. Like, that's fantastic. All of a sudden this bar that's op that only opens when the sun goes down and stays open until the sun comes up is basically a place where they lure a bunch of, like, bikers and truckers and, you know, anybody who's, like, traveling that are kind of, like, loners almost. They take them in, trap them inside, and 
at a certain point turn, get them all drunk and hopped up and clueless to what's happening. Then they just murder all of them and eat all of them and suck all their blood and all that stuff. So not only are the vampires super cool, but like what what is meant to be like, I guess, the head vampire or maybe the most good looking vampire of them all is also played by Selma Hayek, who, again, was kind of making a name for herself as well. And it's just funny when you have that flip of the script kind of you know, scenario where you're thinking, oh, this is like a crime film. They're on the run from the cops and they're blowing up gas stations and taking hostages. And then, boom, here you go, horror film. Now it's all about the the friggin' vampires. And so they get attacked by the vampires and only a few of them survive. And it's just one of the best films that I can think of from the 90s definitely in my, like, top 20 or top 10 or whatnot. It's definitely down there. But what I didn't realize is that I knew they had come out with a sequel that I didn't care for. I believe it's called, like, um, Blood Money or something. And it's got the guy in it. Of course, you have other kind of actors who follow through with other, like, Quentin Tarantino films, like Cheech Marin's in it and, you know, all these other characters. But Danny Tresho's in it, but his character dies in the first one, and apparently he pops back up, I think, in the sequel, which I didn't, like I said, I didn't even, I've never seen it. I've never cared to sit down and watch it. It came out maybe two or three years after the first one, and it was kind of like one of these direct-to-DVD bin kind of films. Robert Rodriguez is nowhere to be found. Quentin Tarantino is nowhere to be found. Even George Clooney, who plays one of the main actors, one of the survivors in the first one, nope, nowhere to be found. So I don't know what the premise of it is, but that's that's not the only sequel. So apparently there's another sequel that came out uh, called, um, I think it's like uh, uh, Hangman's Daughter, I think it's called. And that came, that comes out a couple of years after this other sequel. Um, and again, straight to DVD. Nothing to do with even anybody from the second one, from what I read. None of the same actors overlap. None of the same directors. None of the same screenplay writers. So I'm guessing what just happened was they had this great story that they decided to pick apart and give their own kind of influence on. So you can kind of almost say, like, oh, maybe it's, like, fan fiction in a way. But, again, you're talking about films that go straight to DVD. And I even think the third one is considered, like, a Western horror. Like, it's not even... It probably is a prequel of something from what I've seen and whatnot. So I guess maybe that makes sense if you're talking prequel status. But still, to have a movie as big as what the first from Dust Till Dawn was, to have two completely random sequels that nobody cared about and doesn't they don't matter is kind of kind of shocking in a way. But we don't stop there. I kind of knew about this. I didn't realize how long it lasted, but I knew that a couple of years ago, maybe something around like 2013 or 2014, they had come out with a show, a series called From Dust Till Dawn. Now, I believe Robert Rodriguez helped in the development of that show. I believe something had happened where he did want to do something else with the story, so he came out with this show. Now, mind you, I thought it was just like a one-off. Like, they did one season of something or other, and 
that was it. Like, I didn't think they did anything else. But apparently this went on for three seasons. It was on for almost three years. And when I looked at it, I was like, I was a little mind-boggled. That was pretty shocking to me. Because what network was it? I think it was on... It was done by Miramax. I know it eventually... I think it, it moved to Netflix in some way, shape, or form. But it's not a Netflix original. Let me... I, I, I might have to look that up. Because I don't know what channel it was on. But it wasn't like a major channel. Like, I don't remember seeing it on, like, Stars. It was almost on, like, AMC or a channel like that. Like, just a basic cable channel where it had commercials in some way, shape, or form. But it doesn't stop there. <laughs> Apparently, From Dust Till Dawn was big enough that... I think right after the third one, they came out with a video game that follows the story of the first film. <laughs> and I looked it up. This is the, the, the... Okay, so I'm talking a lot about all these other scenarios that have developed after From Dust Till Dawn. But I actually did look this up because I was very interested and I wanted to see if I can find it so I can purchase it and maybe play it one day. It's 20 years old. It came out in like 2001. It's a third-person shooter... And the premise is that uh, the character Seth, who's played by George Clooney, who survives the first film, he is um, caught and sent to uh, sent to be an inmate on a prison that's apparently on a boat off the coast of New Orleans or something, or like Mexico or something. I don't know, but he's caught and he goes to prison and now he's on this boat. And then the boat gets infiltrated by the vampires. <laughs> and from what I've read, it's it's not greatly reviewed. It's got extremely poor, poor graphics. Because again, you, you're talking a 2001 video game. But it's just so funny to me to think that out of this one film, th this one story that is just so unique in what they did with it. Like how many films can you can you name on one hand? that have the ability to flip the script like this film does. And I mean a literal flip the script. It takes it takes a second and automatically it becomes a completely different movie. Very rarely have I been able to see something that even comes close to what this film did when it comes to that idea of, holy shit, everything just changed. Like, the entire genre just changed. And I know that at this point, and even then, it was kind of promoted as being a vampire film, and most people categorize it as a vampire film. But if you watch it blindsided, like if you're, okay, so it came out in 96. If you were born in 2002, and you're 19 years old now, and you're just discovering this movie, and nobody told you a single thing about it, you were just like... You discovered Quentin Tarantino, or now you have, like, an obsession with, you know, anything that ever had to do with Danny Trecho or Cheech Marin, anything like that. You would come across this film, and you would just put it on. Maybe you'd read what it's about, and maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you would just be like, I'm going to watch this regardless because it's got Quentin Tarantino in it, and he's acting, he's not directing, whatever. And it would blow your fucking mind. And for anybody to say that a film like From Dust Till Dawn isn't a mind blower, I'm, I'm going to have to very politely disagree with you. 
because it tells, and this is just to show you that even at this point in time, Quentin Tarantino was on top of his writing game because he, he wrote the screenplay for this. And it it shows that it's something that is just very well structured to the point where I don't think anything was too much or anything was too little. I don't think they could have added anything to make the movie better, nor if they took anything out, would it make the movie any different? I think everything has its place from the, the, the gas station scene for the first 15, 20 minutes to the hostage to just kind of throwing the actor who's the father from Nightmare on Elm Street in there as the mayor of some random city. And he just pops up for literally two minutes of a news report that they're watching. And that's it. Like, even all of those little things kind of need to be there. Every little thing. The only thing I would say is probably like, a, a, okay, this is a little dumb. Why'd you do this? It's Cheech Marin has like 15 roles in the film for some reason. He plays like a Border Patrol cop. He plays one of the vampires. He plays one of the dudes that picks up George Clooney at the end of the film. He has so many random roles in this film that I'm just like, they, they couldn't just get a, a couple other dudes. Like, why did all of them have to be Cheech Marin? I, I don't know, but I'm not complaining. I love Cheech Marin too, and uh, I just I just th- thought that that was kind of weird. And even to this day, I still think it's kind of weird. I remember being younger and watching the film and going, that's the same dude, Dad. What is that? And yes, Dad, because at that point I might have been like, what is this, 96? Maybe I'm nine years old at the time, eight years old at the time. And yes, these are the films I watched as a kid. And that's why they hold like a, they they hold a certain place in my heart. And that's why it's one of my favorite films. And I just figured this little joyride I went on discovering the now tremendous history that this film created after the fact. I just felt like that's something that I should share here because how do you not bring up the fact that this one film that you just thought had maybe one sequel and a one season unsuccessful spinoff on a random cable network turned actually into three seasons of that show, two sequels that you never heard about, and a fucking video game. (laughs) And I'm telling you right now, I promise you, I'm going to find this video game, and when I get my Twitch channel up and running, look out for that, because you're going to see me play in this video game. Mark my words.